Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. As you know, if you are a regular listener of the podcast, my wife and I bought a travel trailer a little while ago and found that we really love it. We liked it so much that we already upgraded to a little bigger one and uh, even purchased a lot over by the coast so we can go there anytime we want and and rent it out uh, to uh, RVers when we're not there. Well, because of our newfound interest and the desire to learn more about it, we follow other people that have their YouTube channels and Facebook groups and podcasts and things like that. One of the channels that I follow is a, is a couple that goes by the name of RV Odd Squad. You may know or, or maybe not them. And one of the things that I like about them is that they are not afraid to let you know what they think, no matter how politically correct it might be. Now, the other day, they mentioned that Tractor Supply was accused of sponsoring a drag queen story time. And they investigated into the allegation, and the CEO of Tractor Supply wrote them an email saying that they were just part of a job fair for the LGBTQ people, and the job fair put on the drag queen story time. Now, the question arises, why would a company like Tractor Supply, who who caters to a more conservative clientele, be a part of such a job fair? Well, the answer is believe it or not, is far more disturbing and scary than you would think. And it is found in the president and CEO, Hal Layton, or Lawton actually, himself, and his message um, in what they call a sustainability report. And this is the sustainability report for 2021. Tractor Supply has a longstanding commitment to sustainability. Our stewardship program has been an evolving journey over the past 14 years in which we have viewed sustainability as a process of continuous improvement, driving, get this, driving positive environmental and social change within our company and our communities. Now, in 2021, we continue to focus on driving positive change most notably by advancing diversity, equity, and inclusion for our team members and communities, and by announcing bold new environmental targets. We aim to provide a welcoming and inclusive environment for our team members, customers, suppliers, and communities. This year, we establish a comprehensive five-year diversity equity, and inclusion goals to support and advance underrepresented groups across our stakeholders. Now, I, I highlight this. They, they said stakeholders. Now, I want you to remember that here in just a few minutes. They, they, they bulleted a couple different things here. Number one, double the number of stories, I'm sorry, stores where team members mirror the communities they serve, which means They're going to hire based on skin color. Number two, increase people of color at the manager level and above by 50%. 
which means promote based on skin color. Increase spending and uh, with diverse suppliers by 35%, which of course means discriminating in their purchasing. And increasing commitment to funding programs and education for Black and African Americans by 30%, which of course means charity based off of skin color. We are also proud of the actions we've taken to position ourselves as a retailer in addressing climate change, helping to build a regenerative future for helping farmers, ranchers, and all those who enjoy living in rural lifestyles across the U.S. uh, succeed in their efforts to positively impact the land, air, and water. In 2021, we set our boldest targets yet, committing to zero emissions by 2040. That's net zero emissions by 2040. To meet this goal, we will continue to increase our renewable energy energy use, invest in cleaner technologies, and design both our stores and distribution centers to maximize energy efficiency. While we where while we're proud of the steps we've taken in 2021, we recognize that this is a journey. That's why we are establishing a new water goal of reducing our company's wide company-wide absolute water footprint by 25 million gallons by 2025. Tractor Supply firmly believes in the importance of managing water sustainably and putting in the forethought and effort to build a better tomorrow for life out here. This new goal is a key milestone to in our sustainable journey and is another reflection of our core mission and values coming to life and commitment to doing the right thing. Now, it, 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 it's, it, it's, it's interesting uh, they conclude here with, I, I invite you to read through this report and learn about the progress we have made on our sustainability journey. It's, it's a 50-page report. And, and when you do that, though, at the, when you get to the bottom of it, tract, it, it there's a little thing in the, in the bottom right-hand corner, and it says, Tractor Supply has given the investors Business Daily 2021 Best ESG Companies Award. Now, nobody that I know of would know what that means, but this is very important. Let me explain why, and and I want to make sure that you're sitting down here, okay? Here's an article written by Noah Miller of the CorporateFinanceInstitute.com. He says, what is an ESG score? I didn't know, and and I did a little investigation, and this is why I need to bring this to you today. An ESG score is an objective measurement or evaluation of a given company, fund, or securities performance with respect to environmental, social, and governance issues. That's where they get the ESG from, environmental, social, and governance issues. Specific evaluation criteria may vary between the different rating platforms that issue ESG scores. However, they all fall within one or more of the E, S, or G categories. So this is kind of like your credit score in some ways, but let me explain. ESG scoring system tends to be either industrial specific or industry agnostic. 
Industry-specific scoring systems access issues that can be deemed material to the industry at large. Industry-agnostic ESG scores tend to incorporate widely acceptable accepted factors that are meaningful across industries. Issues like climate change, diversity, uh, equity and inclusion, and human rights. ESG ratings uh, rating performs determine a weighting for each measurement criterion. Then they assess the organization's performance against each criterion. And as organization's final ESG score is typically a sum product of the criteria uh, ratings and the um, proprietary criteria weightings. So, so in other words, companies are now being given a woke score based on how environmentally extreme they are how much they embrace diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how woke and against capitalism your leadership is. Now, how do ESG scores work? Well, increasingly, management teams at public companies are being required by stock markets and government bodies to provide ESG disclosure with their quarterly and annual reporting. In order to report clear and relevant metrics in a standardized format, they will select a reporting framework. So this is why we see Tractor Supply and, and others and uh, giving these sustainability reports like I just read to you. Some common frameworks are the Global Reporting Initiative, that's GRI, the Principles for Responsible Investment, which is a PRI, and the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board, SASB. When company management teams disclose ESG information about the use of an appropriate framework, it's often referred to as greenwashing. So, so if you don't submit to these woke organizations to do this score, this ESG score, then you are considered as being a, uh, a fake in your liberalism. Stakeholders and rating agencies, these are the, there's that word again, stakeholders and rating agencies. And, and, and I'll stop here just for a second. Stakeholders, this, this comes from the Davos guys. We've talked about them a number of times. They, they, they are the ones that all fly out to, to Davos once a year in the World Economic Forum and they, uh, they are trying to create a different type of world beyond what we see here with different countries and that type of stuff outside of these governments. Now, these stakeholders and rating agencies interested in producing ESG scores will review these companies or fund disclosures and then conduct management interviews, compare results and metrics to other companies in the industry, and present an ESG score for the company. ESG raters help bridge the gap between the organization's disclosures and the general public's uh, uh, interpretation of the organization's ESG behaviors and performance. And scores are also used, get this, by the financial analysis community to help inform capital allocation decisions. So who measures the performance and assigns the ESG score? Well, these scoring systems can be from uh, finance and, and investment firms, uh, consulting groups, standards uh, setting bodies, uh, NGOs, the, the, and, and even government agencies. 
Broadly speaking, however, there are two major categories of raters that that ge- generate ESG scores. These are external and internal stakeholders. Number one, external state stakeholders. The the external stakeholders uh, consume company disclosures. They review public publicly available information and conduct primary research with company management about the organization's sustainability efforts. Uh, this can include like ISS, the Institute Shareholders Services. It's, it's one of the largest institutional investor agencies services in the world. And they they have a variety of scoring systems, including issue-specific scores like carbon risk rating or the water risk rating and category-specific measures like governments uh, or governance score, as well as an overall corporate rating. There's also the D. Uh, that CDP, which is the Carbon Disclosure Project, and is a, a non-governmental organization that publishes ESG ratings, particularly around environmental factors. So CDP is known for its level of rigor in in conducting primary research directly with, with ish, issuers as as opposed to relying on the organization's voluntary disclosure. So they, they really do an in-depth thing ra- rather than just relying on what you say your score is. There's also MSCI, um, which goes along with S&P, True Cost, and and things like this. And they're examples of financial service entities that measure and present ESG ratings for public consumption. Uh, There's also the internal stakeholders. The internal ESG scores in the form of ESG standards are also used to gauge performance within an organization. In fact, more and more entities are creating in-house scoring systems to monitor and report their own performance. So companies can, they can either have their score done by these woke groups, just, just looking at their websites and and company statements and, and public information and things like that, or they can submit themselves to something akin to an IRS audit. I mean, it's, it's, it's that in depth. What does the ESG score mean though? Well, high ESG scores are continually moving target as the scores are frequently impacted by the performance of other industry players, uh, micro industry trends and alterations to the scoring platforms, internal methodologies. Now scores are also hard to assess in absolute terms However, all other things being equal, an organization can consistently achieve high ESG scores across a variety of rating platforms is likely to perform well regulated to its peers. Leveraging insight uh, from a given ESG score in a meaningful way can only be achieved by understanding the broader context of the situation as well as knowing what inputs are being measured and what kind of weightings are being used to arrive at a particular score. So in other words, the, the target is, con, is really consistently being moved. And even if you're doing many of the things that they want you to do as a company, if you're not woke enough, your, store, your, your score is still not, not going to be very high. So how is ESG scores used in, in the market? Well, ESG scoring systems are created for different use cases and for different stakeholders based on their associated needs. Some are designed to support capital allocation decisions like investments or assessing credit risk. 
while others may support human capital management and staffing decisions. So in other words, a company, a company's ESG score affects what kind of loans and what kind of grants and even insurance rates that they get. For example, CDP, the, the Carbon Disclosure Project, is an NGO scoring system for corporate performance on a variety of environmental issues like carbon emissions and climate change and water and forestry. Now, CDP is popular within the investment community as an asset managers, as, as asset managers can use positive and negative screening to identify top or, of course, bottom performers with respect to environmental issues. Just Capital is a consumer-focused NGO scoring system that assesses corporate performance on stakeholder issues, such as how a company creates value for its employees and suppliers and local communities. Just capital may be uh, leveraged by consumers or prospective employees when, when searching for a company to buy from or to work for. So in other words, if you have been if you're having a hard time hiring employees as a company or maybe gaining customers, getting new customers, it may be because your ESG score is too low. In virtually all cases, these methodologies are being updated regularly, making one's understanding of evolving ESG factors important when trying to interpret or get um, you know, actionable insight from the given score. Now, if a company's ESG score were not disturbing enough, now they have personal ESG scores. From, um, from an article from the, uh, the impactinvestor.com, it says, do I have an ESG score? You may know all about your credit score. But an individual ESG score is still rather new. Many mainstream financial institutions are creating a new platform that is centered on ESG scores. In addition to creating this platform, their lending guidelines are also getting an update that includes new rules that will tie your individual ESG score to your ability to secure lending. <laughs> Meaning that your personal ESG score will affect your home and your car and your education loans. Being that it's still new, there is not too much that is completely known about how it will be used and what regulations will improve or correct your score. In many cases, people are generally unaware that they even have an ESG score unless they happen to you know, come across it uh, in the process of doing something totally unrelated. For example, customers who have accounts with Merrill Lynch will be able to view their score, whatever that it, it may be. While this may sound like tales out of China, uh, it is a system that is, in fact, being implemented in the U.S. and soon in other nations. Lenders will use this system to choose who they extend services or credit to. And the main reason is that companies, including lenders, are being graded according to the ESG standards themselves, as we just talked about. Their business and prosperity depend directly on their hiring practice, their gender diversity, their social and environmental impact, and other ESG factors. As they are required to prove their case 
They will also need to show that their clients meet the standards that are being graded on. So in other words, their clients will need to meet certain standards as well and have a high ESG score. What is the purpose of an ESG score for individuals? Well, a few different things will determine your personal ESG score, many of which can be discovered via your regular credit report and other public records. Your purchase history and also your sales history will have a dramatic effect on your ESG rating as a person. The charities that you support will also increase or even decrease your ESG score. The platform will track your personal impact on the environment around you through various means, which will also be used to calculate your individual ESG score. So if you buy too many products, let's say, at a store that that um, have one-time use plastics surrounding them, then your score can go down. If you give money to Planned Parenthood, well, your score can go up. But if you give to your local church, well, it'll go down. The purpose behind each person being assigned an individual ESG score is to help reward actions that will help move the world towards sustainability. While there are not currently any downsides to having an ESG score, regardless of how high or how low, there will come a time where too low of a score can result in in denials of loans or services similar to the way credit scores currently function. So can you imagine, just imagine with me, being denied entry into a grocery store because your ESG score is too low? They, they would deny you entry because if, if, they, if they let you into their store, into their shop, well, then their company ESG score takes a hit and they could go out of business. For now, ESG scores for individuals are used as a tracking tool for companies to monitor behavior. For those who have already started using ESG scores as part of their business model, Some people with good scores may notice lucrative offers, uh, easier loan terms, and even targeted packages designed to reward green or sustainable behavior, such as, right, as like, let's say, lower interest rates or lower uh, insurance rates. So what is my ESG score? Well, now that you know a little more about the basics and, and the principles behind individual ESG scores, Well, you may be wondering where to find your rating. There are a a few different places that you can check to find your score. And and if you hold an account at a major financial firm, such as Merrill Lynch, your personal ESG score will be listed on the account with other personal details. You can also check any of the main ESG monitoring companies' websites. Usually, if you need to create an account or contact them directly to get information regarding your personal score, that's the way to do it. If you are not an investor or or don't have some big financial account, it can be difficult to get your score from, from traditional places. However, if, if you can calculate your score to get a better idea of how companies view your sustainability, um, then that, that's what people want to do. For, for companies, any score between 50 and 70 is considered to be average, and it's a uh, it's neither a, a good nor a bad, just rather neutral in, in a particular industry. Uh, a score of 70 uh, or over 70 is a good thing, which means the company is making better ESG supportive decisions, right? 
uh, for individuals, the scoring is a bit different, but follows the same general set of rules. And so what you need to know to determine your ESG score is that finding the, the, and calculating your personal ESG score will mainly depend on your metrics. In addition to your unique factors, you will also need to identify your personal ESG goals to determine a score. You, you can perform audits uh, of, of your actions to help spot risks and implement measures to correct uh, aspects of your, of your um, score to, to increase it or, or maybe lower it, right? ESG ratings are based on the measure of behavior, investments, habits, and other actions gathered from a range of public sources. Your score may be adjusted depending on the range of factors, including company policies from which your score is delivered. Now, as, as such, there will be some variation between scores depending on where your yours is, is the source um, and, and how they, they calculate things in your own manual calculations. Some things may need to uh, calculate that you may need to calculate your personal score are a list of your investments, a general calculation of how many miles you travel via your car or maybe via public transportation, the amount of energy that you use each month, like your, your electricity and your gas and things like that, your cryptocurrency profile, believe it or not, your food consumption numbers, your organic and environmental eff, uh, effort profile, and other metrics. So step one on how to calculate your ESG score is you start, you, 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 will, you will start by uh, uh, assessing the data, depending on how uh, comprehensive you want the calculation to be. Um, but, but you look at your purchases and you tabulate the, the percentage of your eco-friendly purchases and those that are not. You will also need to look at your investments and separate them from ESG-friendly ones and those that are not. And social uh, ethics also come into play and, and have a role in your overall score. Consider how your actions, both online and in person, help, help support your community and those around you. Also, you will need to calculate how your actions harm those around you. The point of these calculations is to understand how much you affect the environment and the people around you, both positively and negative. So, so like, so things like, do I fly a rainbow flag? on my house and have a love is love sign in my front yard and, and what my social media looks like. All of this will affect my personal ESG score. Step two on how to calculate your ESG score. You can then answer several questions that further relate to your life and your habits and your consumption that will help create a, a complete picture uh, of your interaction with the world around you. These survey questions can be downloaded online from a ESG reporting agency, or you can take an online assessment that will help you through the appropriate questions. Now, once the calculations and the questions are complete, the answers will need to be segmented. And this, they get segmented in a number of different ways. The criteria used to segment, segment the information will vary slightly from one reporting agency to the next, but uh, they do get segmented into environmental impact and social impact and ethical insights and sustainability efforts and, and a lot of other things. But after segmenting each section, a value will then be assigned to each. And some areas have uh, heavier weightings than others. For example, if you invest in green programs and also avoid eating meat, well, it will have a uh, heavier weight 
than your use uh, of, of electricity at your home daily, let's say. Every ESG rating agency has its own predefined scoring system that assigns assigns weights and measurements to the segments. Um, and and there's controversies uh, actual re- on the actual reporting, truth and reporting. I mean, it, it, so the more they, they you allow them to dig into your personal life, uh, the better score you're going to get. Um, and and commercial companies also have more access to public data than you may have on your own, which will further affect your actual score that you're awarded. So this all ties together, as you can see. The issue scores take a lot of information into account when it comes to commercial industrial entities. On a personal level, level, just as much information is used to create a picture of who you are and how your personal actions influence the world around you. Buying a gun or alcohol or even clothing will all affect your overall ESG score. Not only will your purchase matter, but who you purchase from and how do they do business. Your political affiliations also factor into the personal ESG score. Aside from the politics in in, in governance, the party you support and even the person you vote for will make your score go up and down based on that person's actions and policies and voting habits. The, The type of car you drive, how often and even how many people are in the car when you drive will also come into play when deciding your score. Unlike credit scores, with a clear method of of tabulation, cause and effect, ESG scores depend on a wide variety of factors. And depending on where you live, that can affect it as well. You see, this is one of the most disturbing things that I have come across in some time. And we will be keeping an eye on this. And we'll be covering it right here on the podcast. And you will need to stay tuned. You can always, always hear and always respond to us at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.